as an artist, as a creative, it can be hard for us to establish ourselves as a business. And if we don't do that, no one's going to do it for us. I see it time and time again that other people can expect more from us because we're creative and we love what we do and we're passionate about what we do, right? And so like the more that you can reaffirm and set the tone from the very beginning that you are a business, the better treatment and and the more respect that you'll get and the more they will value what you're offering. Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. In this episode, we're talking about what a sales process is and how it can help you. Now, you might think, I'm not a salesperson. I'm just the entertainment. Or, I'm a coach. But I just want you to think about the fact that if there is an exchange of money, then you're making a sale. Mm -hmm. So you are a salesperson. Yep. So we wanted to make this episode, especially for the entrepreneurial-minded circus professionals that want tips and a framework on how to make this whole sales thing a little bit easier. And, you know, maybe if you're not directly making a sale, but you're creative, you can apply some of these strategies to the auditioning process as well. Oh, totally. Because I used to always listen to business strategies that had nothing to do with what I was doing. And I was still able to glean some information. So there's definitely some nuggets in here, no matter what you're doing in the circus world. But... Before we dive into the episode, we just wanted to say hello. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in again and again to these episodes. And for those of you that have popped over to Facebook and given us some feedback, we appreciate you. We love hearing your thoughts. We love hearing what value you're getting from these podcasts. And we also want to say hello to our Circus Talk listeners. This is the first week that Circus Talk is helping distribute our podcast. And we are really excited to be adding our voice and our expertise to the amazing platform and community that Circus Talk has created. So stay tuned for more announcements on how we're going to be collaborating and be more involved with Circus Talk. You should definitely check them out because they're uniting the worldwide circus family under one virtual tent over at circustalk.com. I really appreciate all of the work that they're doing, all of the insights that they have to share, and I'm really excited for more circus professionals to tap into those insights as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's dive in. I want you to step back and reflect for a moment. And when you think about sales, what comes up for you? What do you feel? What do you remember from your own experiences? Because I don't know about you, but for me, before I had an official sales position, what I would think of when I thought of sales was 
like a car salesperson when I was buying a car from them, you know? And I think a lot of us have been there mm-hmm. on the car lot, yep. buying the car. And maybe you felt annoyed if that salesperson wanted to show you every feature on the car. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the dome lights, the mud flaps, the this or that thing that it did. But maybe they weren't actually listening to your needs mm. and what you were looking for and what you wanted. Or, you know, maybe you felt pressure to make a purchase right then and there. I know I have. I've totally felt oh, that way. Oh, and they do these, like, weird things where they make you sit in one room and they're like, well, let me go check with my manager to see what kind of deal I could get you. And they leave you sitting there alone, waiting, and they're just, like, hanging out. They're not talking. <laughs> totally. That was what my first car buying experience was like. And it made it really stressful because I did have a salesperson who... I thought was pushy and manipulative and it made me feel like I didn't trust them, which actually made me not enjoy the experience and made me not love the car as much if I'm being honest. So or what about when they, we kind of talked on this when we were doing our episode about negotiating rates, but I always felt like they inflated the price a lot because you're supposed to haggle when you car shop and it's like made me not trust them. And it felt very not transparent. And, you know, I think that for performers or companies who are pitching to clients and who are doing sales and even like a coach, if you're booking private lessons or selling online classes. Yeah, I don't think anyone intends to come across that way, but I believe there's a fear that performers and circus professionals have sometimes, and that can make you hold back and avoid emailing or calling or talking with your clients because you don't want to be pushy. You don't want to be like the car salesman. Just because you're following up doesn't mean you're being pushy. And I think too, on the flip side, sometimes, you know, you're trying to provide service to a client and sometimes you're following up and maybe you just deliver the wrong message at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've totally done that before and it can come across as pushy without meaning to. And I know in that moment, I felt really embarrassed and awkward And it can really make you feel like you don't want to do the sales thing, that you're not good at it, Mm. that you just shouldn't do it. I know. I'm so there with you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the sleazy car salesperson. So if you're feeling the same way, stay tuned because we're going to talk all about how a sales process can actually help your business. And you're going to want to stay all the way to the end because we're going to talk you through what a sales process includes. Like what are the steps that we keep talking about? And if you already know that you want to overhaul your sales process or you don't yet have one in place and you know you need one, and if you're just excited to learn our secrets and strategies on how to make a sales process that not only makes your life easier, but it helps you win more work, then you should totally check out our workshop. It's all about how to land the job, how to win more work. And how to make it easier for you. So you can find all the info about this workshop over at circusboss.com slash sales workshop. And this is going to be happening live on July 8th. So if you're listening before then, go ahead and sign up now to reserve your spot. But you can also join us afterwards because there will be an evergreen product. You can watch this uh, workshop anytime. So if you're listening after July 8th, don't worry. It's still there for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the beginning and making sure we define things. Mm. And so if, if you're listening, you might be asking, what is a sales process? And all it is, is a series of repeatable steps. You do it every single time that you make a purchase. 
anywhere that you go. So if you're doing sales, that's what it is too. It's just a series of steps that you're taking your clients through. And we're gonna outline the ones that we used in our event business. But for now, we wanna help you understand more of the context about why you would need a sales process because there are so many benefits to having a sales process. So let's just dive in. Um, Eileen, can you share a few benefits with me? Absolutely. But first, I just want to acknowledge that you probably didn't get into performing so that you could spend all of your time sending emails and answering your phone or staring at that screen. You want to train, you want to perform. That's why you're doing what you're doing. And maybe you want to spend your time coaching, spend more time with your students. But setting up a sales process will actually make your work go smoother and faster and easier. And this is something that we teach our members to build ahead of time. Because if you have your sales process and all of your materials ready to go and in place before you have your first customer or your first client or your first student, you won't be scrambling and you can actually respond to them quickly and then get back to doing what you love to be doing, right? Also, having a sales process is a way to help you keep track of things. I don't know about you, but I, I've lost the ability to hold things in my brain. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I need an external hard drive. I don't even <laughs> try to remember things anymore. So having a sales process also helps you see where all of the people are at their different stages. So, so you're not trying to remember, like, wait a minute, did I already send the proposal to that person? Or did I get that intake form or inquiry form? Wait, did that person pay yet? Mm. Like having all of these steps listed out and having little buckets to put your people in as they move through these stages will just help you keep track of where you are. And I'm telling you, once you set up the system, it will save you so much time and brain space later on. And especially if you're doing a high volume of work like we used to do, there's no way you could hold all of that in your brain. So whether that's events or even having a high volume of students that you're coaching, how are you going to handle all of that without having a system, right? So I love streamlining things so that you're not bogged down and slowing that process down. Yeah, it really does help make it easier to respond when people reach out. And it makes it less personal, too, so that you don't have to worry about, like, you're pressuring somebody. It's like, nope, these are the steps. And when someone is interested, I take them through these steps. And in the end, it helps make it feel less personal. Mm. So if you don't close the sale, then it's just, okay, well, I did all the steps. I did my part. And now on to the next. Yeah, that was um, that was really helpful for me when I started and I appreciated having a sales process because it helped me not get too stuck or hung up on one part of the process. So it's just an easy way to make this the process smoother, just like you said. Well, and just recognizing there's a process. Like, it's like there are all these seasons, right? There's like spring, summer, fall, and then winter. Like, they happen every year. It goes in order. And it's just a formula. And the, things like that just really help me get a sense of getting the emotion out of it. And so if sales gets emotional for you, if it's hard, if there's a lot of emotional uh, responses around the sales process, um, or around making sales, I should say, if you create a formula, for me, it helps detach the emotions a little bit, right? Mm, that's a really good point. And I think what it can do too, is help you meet the client when they're ready. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one experience that we've had, you know, think about it from your own perspective, as a purchaser, when you want to buy a piece of equipment or when you're looking for a class that you want to take, 
you know, you totally researched those things too, so that you know the specifics, you know the details, you know if it's the right fit for you, and you know what you need to do to purchase the thing. So just think about it from that perspective. That's what you are helping your client do when you have a sales process. So when you've made the process in advance, that's the best way to do this because what you don't want to do is delay when they're interested, right? right? To have to like scramble to get these things together because what happens is that they can lose interest. Mm -hmm. So you want to take that opportunity as soon as they're ready and not wait and not let them second guess or Mm -hmm. maybe make another purchase instead. Mm -hmm. You know, they were excited about you. And you want to seize that opportunity. Right. It's like riding that momentum of their excitement. And the other thing about having a sales process that we haven't even talked about yet is it can actually help you win more work. Mm -hmm. Right. It can help you close more sales if you have a good sales process. And now we geek out on this stuff. So we're going to dive into a ton of sales strategies of how to use your sales process in our workshop. But even just the fact of having a sales process can help you close more sales. Because here's the thing, we talk about this a lot, but it reaffirms that you're a business. Because as an artist, as a creative, it can be hard for us to establish ourselves as a business. And if we don't do that, no one's going to do it for us. I see it time and time again, that other people can expect more from us because we're creative and we love what we do and we're passionate about what we do, right? And so like the more that you can reaffirm and set the tone from the very beginning that you are a business, the better treatment and and the more respect that you'll get and the more they will value what you're offering. And then just to reiterate that other point we just talked about is if you have that streamlined sales process and you can respond to inquiries faster, sometimes clients go with whatever is easiest or whatever is faster, right? Like if I want to buy equipment at 2 a.m. and there's one place online that I can look and and maybe make the purchase right then and there, or at least start an inquiry with them versus someone else that's like, oh, we're only open Monday through Friday, nine to five, here's the phone number, call us. If it's more complicated and it's like not clear to me what the process is, like I'm gonna go with what's easier, quicker, faster, right? So having something set up that helps people move forward through this process when they are ready is gonna also help you win more work. The other thing with this, the speed and the timing too is, If you are doing event work, you're just one piece of that budget. So Mm. sometimes when you get your information to someone sooner or they can access your pricing quicker, then they might allocate that part of the budget for you because they're excited. And then when the next quote comes in for the catering, they'll be like, well, we don't need that appetizer because I don't have enough money now. I spend it on my awesome entertainment, right? (laughs) So the sooner that you can respond, you can actually have more of the budget earmarked for your awesomeness. Yeah. Another thing is it can help you not feel like you have to just like sit back and crush your fingers and wait for something lucky to happen. Like it can feel like there's a lot of unknowns of what should you do? What could you do? What do you do once you show someone your offer, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so if you're not sure, then most of the time we just like sit back and wait. Yeah. And hope. And you don't have to do that. You can actually be engaged if you have steps that you go through, it's taking the guesswork out. And 
we talk a lot about perceived value. And so if you are charging a higher price for your services or your classes or your coaching, whatever it is that you're doing, if you have a higher price that reflects the value that you're offering, your sales process needs to be on that same level. So having this sales process outlined can also help your clients have that perceived value of you before they get to experience your services. Mm -hmm. It's like their introduction to your awesomeness and how organized you are and how well you follow up. It's true. So Hopefully by now we've piqued your interest by talking about the benefits of the sales process. Mm -hmm. And there was a really great point that you made, Eileen, when we were first talking about this idea for a podcast and you were talking about connecting your marketing and your sales process. That's so good because there is a lot of confusion between what is marketing and what is sales. So the marketing is what brings them to you. And the sales process for us begins when somebody expresses interest. Okay. So the marketing is all about how you're growing your audience and how you're helping build a relationship with them and how you're helping them build a relationship with you and understand what you offer. That's when you're educating them about the services that you offer and how to work with you, aka what is your sales process. Hmm. And a pro tip here is if you can talk about your sales process in your marketing you're preparing them for that so they know exactly what are the steps that they go through to work with you. So what are the, all the things that they need to know about your offer and all the things that they might be afraid of or might be holding them back from making a purchase? And then another double extra pro tip <laughs> is <laughs> the better your marketing is, the more you have that client already decided that they want to hire you and they are ready to work with you. So that when they do express interest, it makes your sales process easier. Right. It's like if you can inject all of that into your marketing, it makes your sales process quicker because then you're not having to convince them why you're the right fit yeah. during that sales process. That's a right? good point. Because they already know it. And so that's yet another reason why we love talking about streamlining your sales process because you don't want to spend all your time there. You want to spend more time in the marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make your sales process easy. Show up, be present, make it awesome, but make it easy. So you can spend more time marketing and more time doing what you love to do. Yeah. So just to say all of that, that again, that transitions from marketing to sales is like passing the baton, going from one department to the other. And that's what we mean by having these two processes connected, because how does that baton get passed from marketing to sales? Making that connected, whether it's on your website or your social media or however you do it, they have to be connected so that once your awesome marketing has gotten them all excited about working with you, you don't want them to be lost and be like, well, okay, now how do I hire them? How do I work with them? Yeah. Wow. That's so important (laughs) to make that distinction between marketing and sales, because when you understand how those two work together, it really does help you run your business more effectively and more efficiently. Okay, so we've said the buzzword a million times now, and we have finally reached the point where we're actually going to talk about what, how we define a sales process. So you're not left wondering, like, what is all this jargon? And it's actually more simple than you think. 
And it's something that you go through all the time when you're purchasing things. So to help paint this picture, let's go shopping. Okay. Okay. I'm in. And let's go to an actual store. If you can remember what that's like, like clothes shopping, not just grocery shopping. Let's go clothes shopping in like a high touch sales experience, like a boutique. All right. Like with a fitting room where you like go and try on the clothes. And so we're in this boutique and let's say that I run the boutique and you are the one, you listener, (laughs) you get to go shopping. Okay. So we're going to go on a little imagination journey here. Okay. Okay. So when you come to the store and you walk in, there's probably going to be a little bell that rings. And that's how I know, hey, here's an opportunity. Okay. So that is the first stage of the sales process opportunity. Now, everything that got you to come to that door in the first place, that's marketing. So even if it was an awesome window display, that's still marketing. So whatever got you here, when you walk in and that bell rings, that's when the sales process begins. So the first stage is the opportunity. So now I'm going to come up to you and say, hey, how are you doing? Um, What are you looking for today? What can I help you with? Right? So that's the inquiry. I'm asking, what is it that you're looking for? And so you're going to tell me a little bit, maybe you are shopping because you're about to go on a trip with your family. I'm like, great. Well, I'm going to want to know a little bit more information. So this is the second stage. We call it research. So I might say, oh, that's awesome. Where are you going on vacation? Because I don't know if you're going to a summer place or a winter place. Like, do you need a bathing suit or a parka? I want to make sure I know that before I start bringing clothes to you or before I start pointing you in a direction, right? Mm -hmm. So this research can be like a conversation. So I'm going to ask you, okay, so you're going to Hawaii and you are going to be spending some time on the beach. Maybe I'm going to ask like your favorite colors. Maybe I'm going to ask if you like a one piece or a two piece, right? So it's that research. I'm asking clarifying questions because I also want to make sure as the shopkeeper that I actually have what you're looking for. That's a really good point. Right? Because what if you are looking for a bathing suit and I don't even sell bathing suits? Like, I don't want to waste your time. I'm going to send you next door to my friend who has an awesome store that sells bathing suits. But I might also show you that we have robes or cute little dresses you can put over your bathing suit. So I'm listening to you. I'm hearing what you're looking for and what you're shopping for. And I'm being honest with what we have and what we don't have. So that research, that research phase is important because you want to understand your client, your customer, what they're looking for. So then we move to the next stage. Let's say you are looking for bathing suits and we do have bathing suits and I'm going to pick out some options for you and bring them to you. And then I'm going to walk you back to the dressing room. I'm going to give you that high touch experience and the offer is now what I've shown you. I've shown you here are the bathing suits that we can offer. So offer is the third step of the sales process. And once I help you in the dressing room, put all your bathing suits, I'm going to hang them up on the hanger. And then I'm going to lock the door and put a little occupied or like dressing room busy sign on the door. And I'm going to let you have your time reviewing them and trying them on. Then while you're in there trying on your bathing suits, what if you love one of them, but it doesn't fit? Like, doesn't that suck? You have to like put all your clothes back on and walk all the way out to like ask for help again or to grab another bathing suit yourself and go try it on. Yeah. 
But what if I, as the shopkeeper, come to the dressing room and I'm saying, hey, how's everything fitting? How's the purple one? Do you like that one? You know, and I'm asking you questions. I'm not just saying, do you need any help? I'm asking like really helpful questions here. Like, oh, how are they fitting? Do you like the one piece or two piece better? You know, and then based on what you say, I can help you. So this stage is called the follow up. And this is the stage that so many of us miss. And it's the one where I feel like we lose the most opportunities because we're afraid to be pushy. We want to give people their time. We want to respect them. But like, think about you in the dressing room all alone there. Wouldn't it be awesome if I came up to you and checked on you and said, how's it going? Do you like the purple bathing suit? And then you can be like, oh, yeah, I love this one. And that's where I can say, oh, awesome. We have this beautiful purple beach hat that matches it. Let me go grab it for you. So that's upselling. You're really excited about this new offer that you're trying on. And so like my job to help you is to give you more things that will make you more happy that'll fit with this experience, right? So this is all in part of the follow-up. Then let's say, yes, you know what you want to buy. You say, awesome, I'll take it all. Okay. I'm not going to let you just walk through the door, right? Just because you said you wanted them. No, I have to close the sale. So that's the next step is closing the sale. And I'm going to take you up to the register and I'm going to pass you off and Brock will check you out. And then, you know, you're going to pay either by cash or credit card and then you'll get to take the clothes home with you. Yeah. But see, that's a customary sales process. We know how to close that sale because we've gone shopping before. But your business probably is a little bit different. It might be you might be doing this virtually, right, or online. So it's up to you to clarify what are the actual steps to closing a sale? Okay, I'm going to step out of the boutique for just a minute and say with animate objects are closing the sale steps were that somebody had to when they said, yes, I'm ready to hire you. We'd say, great, let me send you a contract for digital signature when we receive the signed contract and the 50% non-refundable reservation fee. Then we are confirmed for your event and we will put it on the calendar. So that let them know they're not walking out with the close until they've paid and signed. So they're not, we're not reserving the date. We're not putting them on the calendar until they have paid and signed. Okay. So whatever it is for your business, you have to map that out. So it's really clear. The next step is confirming the sale. So let's say we're going back into the boutique now and Brock just checked you out. Well, Brock is going to put a receipt in your bag with the clothes and then hand the bag to you. And now you can walk out. So now that sale is confirmed. You are the proud owner of that purple bathing suit with the purple hat or whatever it is that we just bought, right? Now you know I own this. So the same thing. So what are the steps that you do once you've confirmed the sale? You know, like for us, that's when we put it on the calendar. That's when we began casting. That's when we began if any other client meetings, you know. And then the final stage is wrap up. So now you've already left the store. You have your clothes. If I was smart... We would have had some way to capture your email address so we could send you a thank you and a survey after the event, after the shopping event or after the class, because you do, you've probably done a lot of this via email. You do have their email address. So don't forget to send a wrap up, just a little email to thank them and get feedback, get, send a survey always. Okay. So those are the stages, opportunity, research, offer, follow up closing the sale, confirming the sale, and wrap up. 
But there's one other one that we kind of left out because it kind of is like a side route. What happens if somebody doesn't purchase? Like, let's say you came in and you tried it all on and you said, thank you, but I'm not going to purchase any of this today. And you leave. Well, if I had your email, I would keep sending you emails. I would get you into our marketing loop because no right now doesn't mean no forever. You might go to another couple stores and try on other bathing suits and realize you liked this one better. So you're going to come back and buy it after you've tried these other ones on. So don't assume just because somebody doesn't hire you after you've sent the proposal, they're never going to hire you. They might have to do some more shopping, come back to you. They might have to wait a whole year so they get more money in the budget. Like there's a lot of reasons that people don't hire you and don't write them off because this is an opportunity to continue that relationship. And maybe the next time will be right for you. You can put them into your marketing and create FOMO so that when they're ready to hire you again, they're already convinced. You don't have to do any convincing. So don't write someone off just because they didn't hire you right now. Yeah. And, you know, I could definitely see that we'll spend more time talking about sales in future episodes (laughs) because there's so much to cover here. Okay. So I'm just going to remind you quickly of the points that we covered today. And that's that a sales process makes your workflow go smoother and faster and easier so that you can spend more time doing what you love, right? Don't make it hard on yourself. Make it easy. Spend more time doing what you love. And then we talked about how you can use a sales process to be proactive because being proactive is the key here, right? You're meeting clients when they're ready to buy. And then we gave you a quick tutorial. I love that, Eileen, your your analogy shopping in the store. Mm-hmm. I think that was so helpful to just take something that seems really abstract and bringing it back to an experience that most of us have had. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I provided good customer service. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you to those that have shared feedback. It warms our hearts to know that we're really helping all of you. And, you know, keep sharing with us. Share what works, what you value, and also share what you want to hear more of. We're on Instagram at Circus Boss Official. And we actually have a Facebook community going now, too. It's a Facebook group. So we love engaging in dialogue. If you're just like totally jamming out on all of these concepts and you want to like turn this into a conversation, um, we'll have a link down below, too. But you can just go to circusboss.com slash community. All right. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Keep being bosses out there.